Powered to Barbecue Wife Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Coming off a kind of a wet, rainy Sunday. How was your weekend? Since our last show, I traveled down to Louisiana, this Zoom down there. Got to see some family. My nephew graduated on Thursday night. They had a crawfish boil for him and uh, had an opportunity to see him. And, and, and my, my brother is married to a young lady that we kind of grew up in church with and, and everything. And so we knew her family. So I got the chance to see her younger sister, who was one of my best friends growing up. So just a good opportunity to see them. And, and then we were back by 1.30 or so on Saturday, just a bang-bang trip. I uh, got to play South Haven soccer fields. Oh, they're nice. The new soccer fields, very nice. Yeah, the, the, they were very nice. Yeah, You know, I don't know if we talked about it yet on the podcast, but the Hernando Express and the DC Galaxy and the South Haven Predators are all combining. So it's an opportunity. I think a lot of kids in Hernando will have an opportunity to play on the South Haven fields. Yeah, um, that, that's an arrangement coming up but we can talk about that later sure uh, they have to get it approved by hernando but they are becoming uh desoto fc yeah desoto and, football club yeah and so we can we can kind of talk about that i've got some you know just some background information on that and and uh, as they do have to get it approved by the board of aldermen the new board Correct. july 1st so once that kind of goes down we'll, we'll talk about that then but yes that, yeah. that, i think it's a good opportunity both to be practicing in hernando and in south Haven. right i think they're going to share some field time different stuff like that but the fields were good thoroughly enjoyed the tournament uh they settled it in penalty kicks hmm. and you're your, your semifinals were settled in penalty kicks. Um, they didn't want the fields to get the you know the rain to affect the fields on Sunday. Uh, they did that, or maybe they realized it was Mother's Day after they set the tournament yeah, up. Yeah. And so we finished everything up on Saturday and and just had a you know wonderful Mother's Day. Uh, had an opportunity at the table service there at Hernando Methodist to uh, to enjoy that. But just you know we're back full strength at church and had a really good weekend. And then last night Derek had an opportunity before we move on had an opportunity to uh, MC or do the announcing for the 2020-21. Hernando Middle School Booster Club Athletic uh, Banquet. We did it out there at Hernando Middle School outside. Just had a really nice time. Corey Osselton was our keynote speaker, uh, friend of the podcast. Both actually both uh, friends of the podcast, Reed Flanagan and Emmy Musers, uh, who w- is with the Hernando Ladies Tigers, which we'll talk about later. Uh, they spoke to the. Uh, Eighth grade class, the eighth grade athletes as they move into high school, just an opportunity to, to speak a little bit of an inspiring message over them. So great job, Emmy and Reed, last night. Uh, it was a wonderful time. Good job by the Boost Club, Booster Clubs. And uh, definitely one thing I said in front of everyone, thanked Corey Elselton for um, just believing in sports this year and making sure that happened for the district. We, we definitely take that for granted. I'll go to agree more. It's not a good weekend. I just watched the soccer game Saturday night. Did some yard work on I mean, Friday night. Did some yard work on Saturday, and uh, just kind of hung out on Sunday. So yeah, there so you go. You said the North Point boys soccer wrapped up for the year. Yeah, they did. They lost to ECS Friday night, so they're done. Again, Saturday uh, made the farmers market in the rain, uh, but it was still a pretty good turnout. And then again, just yard work and. Uh, just hanging out on Mother's Day. Do you line up and get milk? Is that one of your things? No, I don't line up to get milk. <laughs> I'll go later on. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, you know, I'll spoil the secret. You can get there at 9 o'clock and line up, but I can also go at 9.30 or 10 and not be in a line and still get milk. So, I mean, if you want to do that, that's cool. Are you, are you, you're setting, you're letting people know? I'm letting people know. You're letting people yeah. know? Now, I don't know about the sausage and the meat. I don't really get that, but the milk was still there. I mean, he has – actually, I think he had so much milk, he dropped it off at the uh, Four Seasons 2, uh, the four, that yellow house right there at the corner on 51. Uh, that he drops off anything he has left over there. So, anyway, it was a good weekend. Well, Derek, we talked about the weather was not the best, but this coming weekend, the weather's supposed to be beautiful. It's a perfect time to get out right around Hernando if you're looking for a new house. And if you're looking for a new house, now's the perfect time to reach out to our 2021 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 25,000 closings since 2009. Whether you are buying or selling, now's a great time to call Team Couch. They are ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available when you need them. In this hot DeSoto County market, a lot of people are starting to consider going at this real estate game without a realtor. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group would like to welcome you with a free, no-obligation market analysis. That's a free, no-obligation market analysis to talk about the value of your home, staging your home, 
what they feel like they can bring you in this hot market. Now is the time to use a realtor, maybe multiple offers. They can help you work through the contracts. They can help you with closing things, different things like that, that we don't think about as normal people day to day. That's what Team Couch of Birch Realty Group has done for over 64 years, combined real estate experience. Give Brian and Terry a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700 or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Derek, you had the opportunity yesterday to sit down with Gia Matheny and Rachel Cook to talk more about the A-Fair. That interview will be coming up shortly, but those ladies joined us at the How to Barbecue Right Shop Studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street right here in Hernando. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have rubs, knives, sauces, cutting boards, thermometers, cast iron, and some really cool high-end smokers. If you've ever seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can give them a call at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Find them on Facebook at H2Q. That's the letter H, the number two, the letter Q, Malcolm's Shop. But the best thing to do is to stop at the How to Barbecue Right Shop located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on the left-hand side right here under the water tower. Thank you to Team Couch for being our 2021 presenting sponsor. And thank you to How to Barbecue Right Shop for being our 2021 studio sponsor. Well, Derek, what we started doing on our Tuesday show when we come out of the weekend, we started this a couple weeks ago, we came out with our word from the weekend. And we agreed that our word this weekend would be what? Mothers. Uh, word from the weekend was mothers. I hope that everybody had a wonderful and happy Mother's Day, especially all the mothers out there. We want to thank you for all that you do for your children, for your spouses, for all the hard work, sometimes maybe unnoticed or unappreciated. Uh, actually, I won't say that. It's not unappreciated. Uh, it's just maybe not acknowledged. Uh, so just thank you to all the mothers. Uh, I was not able to see my mother on Mother's Day. Uh, Saw her last I, week, though. So did she did come two weeks ago, two, two weekends weeks. ago. But I did, you know, I would talk to her on the phone. We did get to see my in-laws. So I got to see my mother-in-law. Uh, on Sunday. So just a great weekend, but I do want to, we do want to wish all the, the mothers a late happy Mother's Day and hope that y'all had a wonderful weekend doing what you wanted to do. Right. Does your mother-in-law end up having to cook for everybody? Does she still do that? Even no, no, no. We shared, we did a brunch at her house after church. Okay. Uh, and so kind of a potluck. I mean, she, I guess she made one or two. Right. I think she made waffles and sausage balls. Okay. But we all did, brought something different. So. so I like to challenge you. You went to church, you got done with that, Sunday school and stuff, got done with that. I'll, I'd like to encourage you to give, give your in-laws more than an hour and a half. How, what did we get today? Mm. What did we get this weekend? About two hours. Two. <laughs> well, we got there about, what did well, you have to do? It was about raining. thirty to about one thirty. Right. Well, it was raining. What no, did we had about two and a half hours. We went to about two and then we went home and yeah, it was raining. So okay. all of us took a nap. There you go. Every one of us took there a nap. There you go. So that was, that was nice. That's rainy Sunday, especially until it gets, you know, hot and dry. Uh, rainy Sundays are, you know, great for naps. So I was able to get about an hour nap in and then got HBO Max over the weekend. Hey, oh, wait, well, hold up now. HBO Max cost eight ninety nine a day. No, it comes free with a new phone. And so my phone broke. So <laughs> I got a, a two-year-old, two, two oh, version old phone. But included in that package is HBO Max for free. For how long? Forever. Forever. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, unlimited plan, but I already had it. So then she's like, oh, yeah, you can get it. You've already had it. And I was like, wow. So I could have been going, I could have come out there five months ago or six months ago, whenever they started the, the program and gotten it. And I didn't do it. And now I have it. There you go. Okay. So I started so catching up on some shows. Catching up on some shows. HBO. Wow. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Now, forget UTW podcast listeners. Just make sure if HBO Max did not come with your subscription, I would you- not have it right now. <laughs> Just like uh, the yeah. Apple TV came with the phone Lisa got last year, okay. and that runs out in July, we will no longer have Apple TV. Why will you no longer have Apple TV? Because I'm not paying it. It's seven ninety nine. Yeah. Well, Do you ha- wait? Hang on a second. Do you enjoy any shows on Apple TV? Well, just one. Ted Lasso, what I've watched. All right, so Ted Lasso, new season will be coming out. I, I what about the What about the show with Jennifer Aniston and uh, Reese nah, Witherspoon? I try to give it. I didn't like it. No. Um, so yeah, I mean, who would or who like would that? want to no. sit there and look at Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon? <laughs> it was just it was bad. Like it was it wasn't, just bad. wasn't a good show. Yeah. Well, what other shows are on Apple TV? Snoopy, <laughs> literally, it's, it's Apple's hurting right. with HBO Max and Netflix and Hulu coming on strong. No, 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 now the Peacock. Don't, don't ever say Apple's hurting again. Ever. Well, ever, hey, ever. Apple T, Apple the whatever the Apple streaming service is not good. I got it's you. probably fourth or fifth out of the streaming service, which makes total sense. I'm, Netflix has a little bit of a jump on it. Yeah, you know that type. HBO is HBO. HBO is HBO. The, the categories, I mean, so deep. Hulu gets all the TV shows. I got gotcha. you. Peacock coming on strong, stealing everything for NBC back That's to true. them. That's true. Yeah. So. Then very, maybe Apple. Very interesting. Well, Derek, speaking of something new in Hernando, 
Let's talk about the new fence off of Mackinville. We have talked about, actually, if you look back in the history of our, of our, of our show, we're going to have Madison Lakes 1, uh, mm-hmm. most discussed topic. Then we're going to have the uh, fence, the temporary fence on Mackinville. But on we have an update. Park. The, linear, the park. linear park. But we have an update. What you got? Matt, as we talked about on this show probably two months ago, we uh, and we talked with the mayor uh, off air, and mayor told us that they had to get some, you know, because of the way it was bid, it was bid incorrectly, that everything was lumped together, had to get it rebid, putting kind of a, a faux wrought iron in there, had it done. He was giving us updates on when he was signing off on it. And he told us, Probably, I don't know, it was before the election, probably late March, that it would be ready by the A-Fair by May 15th. And guess what? Yep. It was done this week. It is going up. Absolutely. uh, Actually, I think it's finished uh, yesterday. Yeah, they were painted yesterday. They looked like they were really close to wrapping up yesterday, yes. Uh, So I'm going to say the ending date. We'll we'll call it today. We'll say May 11th it was done. So before the May 15th promise date. So very good on the city. Uh, Again, not, you know, maybe not catching it in the first uh, part. (laughs) But actually coming through, getting it done. So all the people th- complaining about the city putting up a chain link fence, which is not allowed in the city of Hernando. We now have a faux wrought iron fence uh, on the linear park. Looks great. No, it does look really good. So if you listened to our voice over the last seven or eight months and gone by and looked at the fence because we talked about it, now we are recommending you go by, check it out. It's painted. It's black. It looks really nice. Uh, that's exactly what's supposed to be in Hernando because that's what they make us do in our backyards. Right. And Something else on Mackinville, Derek, is going on. You definitely want to pay attention to this if you drive up and down Mackinville, deal with school traffic. What you got there? All right, so there's something else is going on north of that Mackinville starting next week. So North Mackinville, a new phase of the Mackinville realignment. Part of Mackinville Road, including all access points between Classic Drive South, so that's the furthest south, I guess, entrance into like that, that smaller neighborhood with the country club. Sure. And Hernando Elementary School, Hernando Hills Elementary School, will be closed starting May 21st. So May 21st, that from Classic Drive South all the way to the elementary school will be closed. All northbound and southbound traffic will travel on the newly constructed Mackinville Road and the school access road. So the new road that they cut in that curves around, you'll now have to use that up to the school and then okay. cut into the school that way. Will it stay permanently that way or what? No, no, no. Um, uh, what they're temporary. doing is they're, they're doing, if you kind of notice that there's a road that comes yeah. off of it to, to Mackinville, of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're having to pave that split. Now, once they pave that split, it may be permanently closed to through traffic uh, sure. because they still allow traffic. However, during the construction period, uh, the access from Clubhouse Drive and Classic Drive South will be closed. Okay. So if you live in the Country Club, if you're coming off North Mackinville, you'll have to get off Classic uh, Drive North, which will still be open, or you'll have to wrap all the way around in the new road, around to the school, and then to South Mackinville, or Classic Drive South uh, on Mackinville. So, again, they're going to close that section. At some point, it's going to be local traffic only because you'll be able to wrap around, connect to the interstate. Matt, we're calling it July or August this okay. year. Yeah. Very, very soon. So, end of summer, beginning of school, that will all be ready. It will all be done. Start ready, getting ready for those uh, closures for the school starting next Friday. Derek, do you think this may show up on Hernando Happenings? Yes. Yes, it will. <laughs> In fact, it's already shown up on Hernando. Oh, my gosh, it's already shown up. That, that with, of course, all the other traffic, the uh, sitting at lights for four stop, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, real quick, in the next six weeks, the UTW podcast is going to tackle the issue about the Commerce and 55 exit, the future of it, uh, what it looks like, why it tightens down, down there, the guardrails and that type of stuff. Uh, a little bit of a tidbit there, complaining to the city about the red lights at Commerce and 55 is a waste of time. Anything having to do with the timing of the Absolutely. lights. Absolutely. Any of the any of the timing right there with those lights with McCracken and that type of stuff is run by M dot. M dot uh, and the fact that it's not wide enough underneath. Correct. All M dot and, and yep. we can talk about that. We, we we will talk to a representative. We will talk Correct. to uh, somebody at M dot. Uh, we're going to have uh, them interviewed on here to kind of discuss why it is not the city's issue. This is a definite state issue. And I think some people are now starting to understand. Sure. I'm sure they've called the city and gotten the same thing that we're saying. But we will have that, Matt. You're right. Over the next uh, six weeks, we're going to do kind of an in-depth dive into it so people can you yep. know, understand the full backstory. Yeah, because this is a big deal. People complain about it right there. The the lights on Commerce at the 55 exit, McCracken uh, exit, that's run by MDOT. has nothing to do with Tom Ferguson or any of the Board of Aldermen. So you're wasting your time putting on Hernando Happenings and, talk, and complaining with the city and stuff like that. But speaking of MDOT, speaking of the state of Mississippi, something going on with Tate Reeves just recently did may affect some of our listeners, maybe not, but uh, definitely ones that own businesses for sure. That's right. We'll definitely pay attention to this. Governor Tate Reeves said uh, yesterday that Mississippi in early June will opt out of a federal pandemic program that is providing an extra $300 a month in unemployment benefits to Mississippi since last year. 
So this Reeves announcement came, again, just hours yesterday after House Speaker Philip Gunn called on Reeves to either start enforcing job search requirements for, for the unemployment benefits or end the federal stipend. Gunn said that small businesses are reporting they cannot hire people because of the extra benefits and that the state is not enforcing the rule that people search for work while receiving them. Mississippi will be opting out of the additional federal unemployment benefits as early as federal law allows, which is June 12th, 2021. So this, this June, on June 12th, we'll be opting out. Now, we're not the first state to talk about this or do this. Correct. Montana and South Carolina have already done it. Arkansas basically is already ahead of us, and they probably will, will do it here shortly. Uh, and then Indiana is also discussing it. So we should be around the fifth state. It looks like Mississippi will be around the fifth state to basically put this in action. Again, this is, comes from people calling the House Speaker, people calling uh, the Chamber of Commerce from Mississippi and saying, hey, we can't get anybody to work. You, know, you could say, well, people are getting more to stay at home and work. The counter argument that's always, well, if you paid them 15 to $20 an hour, that they would come to work because that actually puts them over $600 a week. The problem is people are offering that and they're not coming. Sure. Uh, the state of Montana, actually, as part of their deal, they're offering you $1,200 to go back to work. Exactly. Um, so there's a lot of stuff. It can get political uh, back and forth, but they are. Tate Reeves said that we will be we'll be stopping this on June 12th, which is the earliest it's allowed. Now, the, Mississippi, the, the state benefits will continue. The state benefits are a maximum of $235 a week. And the average payment is less than $200 a week, which compares to the national average of $308 a week. So we're about $100 less on average paying our state benefits, but we will be you know, getting rid of the um, federal benefits of $300 per week. You're asking, well, how does the unemployment right now, what's it look like? Well, Mississippi's unemployment for March was 6.3%, which is higher than the national average of 6%. And overall, Mississippi number of jobs remains down by 3% from last year. So we, ha we have had a 3% improvement. Mississippi for March ranked last at 56.1% in workforce participation. But this is a trend that actually predates the pandemic. Mississippi State's economists recently reported the state is forecast to see a major economic rebound in 2021, including job growth of 1.8%. So they do expect a job growth of 1.8%. Unfortunately, that has not been seen yet due to the fact that people are maybe still be staying home because of this, they're receiving $600 a week to do so. You know, Derek, I don't know if you've been out to eat lately, lunch, dinner, a lot of times, a lot of restaurants here in Hernando closing different times or they, they delay their openings and that type of stuff, really struggling to get people to come in, cooks to come in, bus tables, that type of stuff. So I think a lot of us have paid close attention to this and, and feel like it's probably time to get back uh, if we have opportunities and, we, and we're opening up. I would say Mississippi is, a, is as open as any state for sure. So definitely time to get back to work is, is what most of us would, would consider and, and feel. Well, I think that you know, the, and the problem and what some people are complaining about is that, okay, that's fine. If you can't find a job, Fine. If a job's not being offered, fine. Then you need this. You need to, you know you need this benefit to help you through it. But what they're accusing, you know, some people in the state are not doing is following up. To, Correct. You have to be actively searching for a job. If you get laid, first of all, if you're fired, you don't qualify. Correct. Right? I mean, you yes. if you're fired by calls, you know, it may, you may have to jump through some hoops to even get qualified. However, if you're laid off or if you had to, your business was shut down due to the pandemic, then yes, you would absolutely receive the benefits. But during that time, you have to be actively searching for a job. And if you're not actively searching for a job and turning in your slips, then you're supposed to be cut off. What there's a lot of people are concerned about is that the state is not following up on those who are actively searching for jobs. Sure. And so instead of trying to go back and make sure or you know go back and find, find out who is and who's not, the governor just came out and said, you know what, we're just going to end it all together and not even have to worry about trying to figure that out. Well, Derek, I can tell you I know someone who is working, and that's Richard Williams with Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Richard is adding people every day for weekly, bi-weekly, monthly mowings of your yard or your property. He can help you with leaf removal, tree trimming, winter cleanups, anything you need outside. Give Richard and his team a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find Richard on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price 
but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 662-429-5213. Again, 662-429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Drs. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, and implant-supported dentures. And recently, Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment and provides you with a relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference or give them a call at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239. They are the official dentist of the UTW podcast and visit them today for the DFDC difference. As we said at the beginning of the show, we will be sitting down with Ms. Gia Matheny and Rachel Cook to discuss the A-Fair, discuss the Optimist Club, discuss the wonderful event coming up this weekend in Hernando. But what will not be taking place this weekend because of the A-Fair is the Hernando Farmer's Market. The Hernando Farmer's Market brings together the best of local food, artistry, and the agriculture traditions of the Mid-South. It's a place to shop, it's a place to gather, but more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It is truly a fresh, local experience. You can contact Gia Matheny, the Community Development Director at 662-449-9092. That's 662-449-9092. Again, that's Gia Matheny, the Community Development Director. If you have any questions or any thoughts or any needs regarding the Hernando Farmer's Market, which takes place every Saturday, except this coming Saturday, from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., that's going to be from May 1st all the way through October. Visit the Hernando Farmer's Market, the top farmer's market in the state of Mississippi, every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. through October. Well, Matt, it is Tuesday. That means it is time during this segment we usually do the Fact of the Week. So DeSoto County Fact of the Week brought to you and given to us by the DeSoto County Museum. Uh, Rob Long at the museum, wonderful curator. Uh, the museum is open from Tuesdays through Saturdays from 9 to 5 p.m., Tuesday through Saturday. I want to say, Matt, when my parents were up here a couple weekends ago, they actually toured the museum, got through half of the museum in, about, in a couple hours, said that Rob was a fantastic host, you know, really educated them on DeSoto County, that we should be extremely proud of the, of the museum that we have and how well it was curated, how well it's uh, just set up, and, and then the knowledge that Rob has. We really do appreciate Rob and all that he does. Again, if you have not seen the museum, please cannot recommend it enough to go by the museum anytime between 9 and 5, Tuesdays through Saturday. This is a kind of a, a unique and fun fact of the week this week. I'm looking to I'm looking forward to it. So, 35 years ago in August of 1986, at that time, Matt, the city of Hernando had a leash law. Had a, a, you said a leash law. A leash law, like but, typically for dogs. For, for animals. Okay, yeah, for, here we go. For dogs. So we had a leash law. <laughs> However, the leash law, Matt, also was for cats. Okay. We had a leash law for both dogs and cats, and so obviously this was a, a controversial leash law for the fact that it also. Uh, involved cats. It came into uh, head last month, and this is back in August of 86. Uh, this is from the article in the newspaper. When a Hernando woman, Bobby Oliver, took two of her neighbors to court for allowing their cats to run free. Miss Oliver told the court that the animals caused damage to her yard and her automobile. The neighbors, Lance Nelson and Cindy Wills, were each found guilty and received suspended fines for having their cats run free in her yard. Following the trial, Mayor Wilson, Buddy Douglas, said he planned to try to get the law changed to exempt cats from having to be on a leash when outdoors, which, again, probably was a pretty good idea. City Attorney Sinclair May read the new ordinance, which had been written to apply only to dogs. However, somehow cats were thrown in there, too. During discussion of the ordinance, Alderman at that time, Frank Canada, said he felt the new ordinance was discriminatory and noted that dogs can still run loose in parts of town. Attorney May responded that it was easier to catch a loose dog than it was to catch a cat. Alderman Gene Norwood then replied or then asked the board 
if Al Capone comes into town and we can't control him, are we going to pass a law exempting him? Following the reading of the ordinance, the alderman tabled the motion for a vote, explaining that by law, a period of two weeks must elapse to allow for public comment before a final vote on the law. The aldermen uh, were then expected to vote on the ordinance uh, during their next meeting, which had been an August 18th meeting or their September 1st meeting of that year. And we were happy to announce that it was voted on at that time that the leash law for cats was removed. Derek, what you didn't mention was the next thing on the agenda was the Madison Lakes uh, <laughs> PUD. First Madison Lakes PUD. <laughs> August 1986. Actually, I will tell you what was the next thing. The next thing on the board was to divert extra funds to the Hernando Park Commission. Okay. So there you go. Okay. And there's, is, it's still happening. Yeah, still, still happening. 35 years later, the park commission still item number 18 on the agenda doing something, <laughs> something. Man, what an amazing fact of the week. I mean, again, just some of the names that you read there, Frank Canada, uh, you know, we go to church with him and that type of stuff. Just the, Gene, the late, you know, the late Gene, Gene Norwood. Norwood. Yeah, absolutely. Recently passed uh, away. Late Gene Norwood. I mean, just, uh, just amazing. You never know what's going to happen in an Alderman meeting. Uh, imagine if that had been on YouTube in 1986. I mean, it's pretty, pretty amazing. <laughs> hey, thank you, Rob Long, for sending over the fact of the week for this week. Please visit the DeSoto County Museum. It is an asset to Hernando right there on Commerce Street. Just an amazing stroll down memory lane of, the, of DeSoto County. So many of us have moved here in the last 20, 25, 30 years, and we need to learn more about DeSoto County. But it's a great time to educate your teens, educate your young people about where they live, uh, where they call Hernando home so thank you rob long for that and we really do appreciate it well derek as we teased earlier the a fair one of the biggest days if not the biggest day is coming up this coming saturday you had the opportunity to sit down again with gia Matheny, rachel cook of the Optimus club to talk about the 47th annual a fair coming up this saturday wonderful interview and we're going to go to that interview now well, we would like to welcome to the UTW podcast this morning, Rachel Cook, who is the sponsorship and advertising chair with the AFAIR, and Gia Matheny, who is the social media chair with the AFAIR. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. I um, want to welcome you. I'm glad that you're here and taking time out of your day. I really do appreciate it. And I think, Gia, you said it was, you know, you, you have an off day, so we appreciate you coming in on your off day. Well, I want to start the, uh, kind of start the interview talking about how long have you each been with Optimus Club? I've. Um, Derek, been with the Optimus Club about 25 years. Wow. Uh, my mother was a member of the club and she was very active and she encouraged me to join. And so I have um, participated about that long. I've been away for part of that time and back, but it makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jill, what about you? Uh, just about two years now. I was a presenter one night for Excel by Five, Hernando Excel by Five in our early literacy program and just enjoyed the members very much and their mission to help children in Hernando and I decided to join. I thought it was a great cause. What we're here today to talk about, of course, is the A-Fair. Uh, and we're going to get a little background history on the A-Fair first. How long has the A-Fair existed and how long has the Optimus Club put it on? This um, is actually the 47th annual A-Fair. So the A-Fair originated with the Hernando Chamber of Commerce. They organized the first A-Fair back in um, 1974, I think was the year. So they ran it for about 10 years, and then we took it on in the mid-80s. So it's been going for that long, and we took it on as a fundraising project, and it's the only fundraising project for the Optimus Club. So all the okay. funds raised from the a fair go straight back into the community to children's programs. And how long has it been on the square? I believe it started on the square, mm -hmm. and then they moved it in the 80s to the area where, kind of beside where the Kroger is now. So there was a field there. So we had it there for a few years, but everybody missed the charm and the atmosphere of the square. So I can remember being in elementary, junior high school and it being there, and then it was only there a couple of years and moved back. <laughs> Well, I want to uh, kind of date myself because I remember when the A-Fair was beside the Kroger, mm -hmm. uh, which is why I asked that, but I was dating my wife at the time and mm -hmm. we would come, when I'd come see her, uh, was doing right after school got out in early May yeah. uh, from Ole Miss, we'd come up and uh -huh. go to the A-Fair, I think for two years in a row. So I do remember the field. Yeah, that uh, may have been the only two years. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, well, good. Uh, so, again, 47 years. So, this is the 47th annual. Is this that is the 47th annual, yeah. All right. So, 47th annual. Unfortunately, though, we're coming off a year where you didn't have it. Um, and so, kind of talk about, obviously, COVID's been in all of our lives over the last 12 to 14 months. Talk about how disappointing it was, it was to not have it last year, and how did that affect some of the funds that you do give to? Yeah, we were so saddened last year. I mean, it really broke my heart that we couldn't have the A-Fair, because like I said, I've gone since I was a child. We talked with several members. We really tried to make it happen. I mean, we thought about postponing it till the fall, 
But just everything we tried just didn't seem like last year was going to make it happen for us. So, um, unfortunately, since this is our own only fundraiser, we lost all of our income from last year. Um, we are, um, you know, fiscally sound. We, we did have money set aside, so we were able to run the majority of our programs this year, but we did have to face some cuts. So we're excited, more than excited to be back this year. Um, we actually were just at the farmer's market Saturday morning promoting the A-Fair and reminding people. And as everybody walked by and we were telling them, you know, the A-Fair is this Saturday. There was so much excitement. So we're so glad to be back. And we hope this is the biggest and best A-Fair we've had. I think it's going to be a great year this year. People are really you know, chomping at the bit to be outside. And I think everybody is missing that socialization mm-hmm. that they had over the, you know, right before COVID hit. We're seeing it at the farmer's market. So I know the A-Fair is going to be a great event this this weekend. And the weather's supposed to be wonderful. Yes. So that should increase our numbers. All right. So you kind of talked about the things that y'all be having coming and, and what everybody should get excited for. Well, give us a list or, or kind of tell us what people can expect from this coming year. We're going to have over 200 vendors this year, and we're really excited to have that number again. We have vendors from all over the tri-state and further region. We have vendors from Mississippi, Tennessee, Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama. Um, So we have a good mix. We have a lot of local crafters that make handmade wooden decorative items, um, metal and wrought iron items, a lot of garden things, um, candles, children's clothing. We have hand-painted canvases, baked goods. We have a couple of local vendors that make homemade dog treats, and um, those money they raise go to local missions. We have churches that participate, and they make things to raise projects for things going on in their church. So lots of fun things. Um, Are fun things. Oh, and we'll have a big children's area, so the parents can come out with their kids, and not only can they do some shopping, but they can come down Commerce Street closer to, to City Hall near the library, and we'll have lots of children's activities set up over there for the kids. So they're bringing all the moon balances at that oh, type of thing? Oh, yes. Okay. yes. So this year we're going to have a new vendor that's going to have a dummy cow that the kids can rope. <laughs> so I think that's oh, going to wow. be a lot of fun. And there's going to be a rock wall. I don't know if we've had that every time in the past. But then the most important, don't forget the food. That's what everybody, I think, looks forward to also. Food and so, the music. And the music, yep. yes. So um, the music is going to start at 9 o'clock. Same with the arts and crafts vendors. Um, they're going to be right on the front of the courthouse steps. And so we got a great lineup there. I think oh, we're have wonderful really lineup. We, have, we are partnering this year with the Mississippi organizations. We have some really great musicians coming out, all local artists. But one of the things that we are really proud of that they are doing for us, they've actually approached us, a, a few of them, because they knew a gentleman who was a longtime member of the Optimist Club, Mr. Jack Casey. And um, every year, and how many years was he with the Optimist Club, you Jack think? was probably with us about 10 years or so, I think. And he was a yeah. huge supporter of Children in Hernando, and he all oversaw the music each year. So he has just recently passed away, and we wanted to do this in memory of Mr. Jack Casey. So the performers are coming out this year, and um, they're going to they're gonna have a great lineup of artisans to, to remember Mr. Jack. That's great. That's great. And what's some of the... Uh, some of the food that you can t- mention to people, I know that's the... Yeah, so, you know, we always have the funnel cakes everybody looks forward to, um, hot dogs, corn dogs, hamburgers. We have a lot of local groups that um, use this as a fundraiser, so like the Boy Scouts and churches, and some of the things they're famous for, like the fresh-squeezed lemonade, the homemade ice cream. We have one church that does this homemade peach ice cream that everybody looks forward oh, wow. to every year. And then, of course, barbecue. You can't have a fair in Mississippi <laughs> without barbecue. So this all takes place starting at what time on Saturday? The race starts at, um, registration is at 7 in the Trustmark parking lot. And the race kicks off at 7.30 right on Highway 51. And the race wraps up with the awards by 9 o'clock. And then the arts and crafters start at 9 and the entertainment. And it runs until 5 o'clock. Until 5 o'clock. Now you said it starts off with the race. That's the Laurie Wiley Memorial 5K. Talk about just real briefly, you know, who Laurie was. And then kind of at those funds, did they go kind of lumped in with the rest of the funds from the A-Fair, or is it a separate cause for that? Um, Lori Wiley was a member of our club for um, eight to ten years, maybe. Um, She was a a great supporter of everything here in Hernando, and she was a fitness instructor. And so she organized and ran the 5K for ten years, or as long as she was in the club. She passed away unexpectedly when she was fairly young, and her boys were young at the time. 
And so from that time on, we um, designated the race as the Lori Wiley Memorial Race. From the initial race, the funds went to her children for a college um, scholarship fund for the two boys. Once they were out of college, the money now goes to just a general scholarship fund that we award to a high school senior. Is that uh, for just a, in Hernando? Mm-hmm. I think the Hernando yeah. High School. Uh-huh. Well, that's great. That's a uh, great cause. I mean, obviously, we're sorry that she passed, but uh, just a great event that they had for her sons uh, and now goes to a, a high school senior. That race, 730 to 9, you said registration was at 7 o'clock, uh, and then the the event starts at 9 o'clock from there. People that are listening to this, you know, there's a lot of people who have moved in town uh, over the last couple of years, so this will be their first one that they're able to go to. Uh, some people, you know, this is their annual event. They're looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I, I know we used to go uh, when my daughter was young, and they have great, you know, hair bow vendors and stuff like that. And we get the hair bows every year for her. And, mm, we uh, did too. <laughs> <laughs> so that was always a, a fun thing. But, you know, the kids you know, love to go. Tell us how people who are maybe listening to this want to join the Optimist Club or become a volunteer for the A-Fair. How, how could they do that? Well, they can contact me at City Hall, that's Gia, or they can go to the Hernando Optimist Club Facebook page. There's information on there to get some contact information. Um, we are always looking for volunteers for events because the Optimist Club participates participates not just in their own event, which is the A-Fair, but they also participate in Hernando Dickens of a Christmas and the Water Tower 10K race and some other things throughout the year. Um, so we're looking for volunteers, but more importantly, we're looking for new members, and it's not an expensive organization to be a part of. Um, we meet twice a month at City Hall in the evenings, the first and third sa- uh, Monday of each month, and we just talk about upcoming events, and we have a guest speaker. We usually have someone from an organization that works with children, and they talk about the needs of their organization, and the, the proceeds of the A-Fair go to help those causes. So it's just a really great organization to be a part of. It's a very laid-back organization with very nice people who have big hearts, and that's one of the reasons I joined. And, Gia, I know you, you've mentioned several other things, the, the Water Tower, the, the, the Dickens 5K. Of course, you're also involved with the Farmer's Market. Uh, and just a real brief mm-hmm. side note, um, how does that affect the A-Fair? I know, you know we got Farmer's Market kicked off. Uh, just a couple weeks ago. This will be supposed to be the third weekend of the farmer's market. However, I know there's been a little adjustment to that for the A-Fair. Just let the listeners know kind of how that's going to work this weekend. Well, the A-Fair has been here for a very long time, so we don't interfere with the A-Fair because it is so large. Um, The farmer's market does not take place um, during A-Fair, but we do have a few vendors that come all season long, even when the farmer's market is not running. Okay, so if people want to look for the farmer's market, it'll be on the west side of the library, so look for that again, uh, but don't expect much because it, the A-Fair is going on, and if you can't find it, you know, what might have been at the farmer's market may have been at the A-Fair anyway. Now, y'all mentioned a few minutes ago that this is the only fundraiser, the main fundraiser for the Optimist Club every year. Kind of tell uh, people where the funds are given that are raised uh, from this event. Well, they go to different children's organizations in the city. Um, sometimes we give to the Hernando Youth Football Association, the Boy Scouts. We have um, scholarships that we we do with Parks and Rec with the city of Hernando. Uh, we also focus on early literacy through Excel by Five in the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. We work with the Palmer Home. We offer an oratorical and essay contest, which also offers scholarships to children. So we are really proud of those. Now, I know that y'all have something special this year about a flagpole giveaway. Uh, Rachel, tell us a little bit about that. So we had a good friend of Jack, um, Casey, who passed away. A friend of his owns the Flagpole Express Company. So he was generous enough to donate a flagpole to us to raffle off for the A-Fair to add more money to our contributions for this year for all of our programs. So this is a 21-foot black flagpole. It's a total value of $400. It includes the installation of the flagpole and then the flag itself. It's a four-by-six-foot nylon USA flag. And so this um, person was just a really good friend of Jack's, and Jack really touched him and his life and everything um, that he was a part of and gave to. And if, if you knew Jack, you just loved Jack. And so he just touched people that way. So we're really excited to have this, this flagpole donated and the proceeds from it. You can go to our Facebook page and find information there about the tickets. They're $10 per entry or $25 for three entries. We're going to have the drawing at the A-Fair, so we'll be selling tickets there, too, right beside the entertainment area. So you can go to the table, um, sign up there, and then we'll have a drawing late in the afternoon for the flagpole. The proceeds go back to the Optimist Club into the general fund just to kind of give us a little boost from what we lost last year, unfortunately. I understand. 
Um, well, good. That's another great fundraiser. So another way people can get involved, people can give back, uh, and then allow y'all to give to uh, the wonderful, I guess, nonprofits that you that Gia mentioned just uh, just earlier. I know there was something else that y'all wanted to mention uh, that y'all partner up with for a, a golf tournament. Would you like to talk about that real quickly? So we have our junior golf tournament coming up, and this is a um, district tournament with it's the Alabama Mississippi District. So all of the clubs that are in that region have a golf tournament once a year, and the, this year's tournament is in Athens, Alabama at Canebrake Golf Course. Our club will sponsor up to two participants, and so we will pay for their registration fee, which is $125 at this point. The dates are June the 14th through the 15th, and if we have any young golfers out there that would like to sign up, this is a great opportunity. The winner from the district clubs goes on to the, uh, the national championship and we've had lots of famous winners come out of that championship people like ernie ells tiger, tiger woods. woods phil mickelson well it sounds like a great event and those are not just uh you know everyday names those, those are huge names in the golf world so uh, again that's uh get the information out there i appreciate you letting us know about that now just to kind of wrap up the interview kind of tell people parking obviously could, you know could be an issue saturday around the square kind of talk just real briefly about where people should should and should not park so we do block the square off saturday morning very early in the morning so if you happen to have a vehicle on the square friday night please move it before saturday morning but we block off the entire square we have it's a free event so there's no admission to the a fair there's no parking fee and you can park um there's a huge parking lot behind the county administration building which is on the southwest corner of the square or there's streets you know all around the square so parking is kind of all over um, I do also want to mention that we have a like and share campaign going on on Facebook. We have a $50 gift card from Mrs. Hippie Eats. And so I'll be posting that later today. So if you'll go to our page, it's Hernando Arts and Crafts. Like the page, share the page, and make a comment. We're asking people to comment about the thing they're looking most forward to for the A-Fair this year. So it's been fun to read. We did one last week and we saw lots of good comments. And so we're looking forward to doing another one this week. How many people usually come to A-Fair? In the largest years, we've had crowds that we estimated about 10,000. So wow. it's a little hard to gauge. <laughs> people get so crowded. And, of course, the middle of the day is usually the most crowded right? Um, around lunchtime and people eating. But, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big crowd. And it's a huge boost to our city. I mean, people not just come to the A-Fair, but they shop in every local shop in town or they may grab a bite to eat on the way out. So we're really fortunate to have this in our town. Uh, so please do the like and share campaign. I mean, 10,000 people in Hernando, you know, there's not, I mean, the, you know, the Water Tower Festival for the concerts used to bring about that many in, but it's been, you know, it's a long time since we've had 10,000 people come for an event. So we do appreciate everything the Optimist Club does, uh, all that they give back to the community, all the wonderful uh, events that they help sponsor or, or fund. And so we just appreciate, again, y'all coming in today. Uh, thank you for sharing all this information. And, you know, again, you said it looks like great weather. So it looks like good weather, looking for good food and good people to come to the square this weekend for the A-Fair. Great. Thank, thank you so much for you. having us, Derek. I want to thank you again to Gia Matheny and Rachel Cook for coming in and visiting with us about the A-Fair, giving them some history of the A-Fair, different numbers, Derek. It's absolutely amazing. Over 10,000 people sometimes have been to the A-Fair. So with the weather this weekend, which, again, we'll talk more about in just a minute when we talk about what's going to happen on Friday night of the A-Fair. It's going to be an absolutely amazing time. But before we talk about that, podcast is brought to you by Magical Destinations of Fernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, National Parks, or tropical getaways, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here under the water tower. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can call Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find these ladies on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Are you considering a schooling switch for next year? Would you like to learn more about DeSoto County's largest, oldest, most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school that serves students in grades PK through 12? North Point Christian School invites you to come visit them in South Haven and see why they were just voted DeSoto's best. The school is currently on pace to exceed enrollment expectations for 2021 and 2022. They are experiencing high interest and excellent attendance at their open house events. In fact, 
If you're interested, don't delay in calling because multiple grades are nearing possible capacity levels. Due to the high demand, they have added an additional open house event. Their next Preview the Point event is scheduled for prospective families on Sunday, May 23rd at 2 p.m. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as their unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting their Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. Come find out why North Point is best. Are you in need of a spraying service this spring and summer? Now's the time to reach out to Green King Spray Services. Since 2001, Green King has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That's 662-892-8419. Or visit their website at greenkingspray.com. That's greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Well, Derek, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, Miss Emmy Musers spoke to the eighth grade class as they turned the page to go to high school for their uh, athletic banquet last night. Emmy will be leading the Hernando Lady Tigers into battle this coming week. Tell us how they got there. Matt, the awaited one-week North State final matchup, and for Hernando, they would probably tell you it's been two years, took place between DeSoto Central and Hernando in Hernando this past Friday night. Hernando came out in game one, unleashing those two years of weight with a 10-0 mercy rule victory over the Lady Jags in game one. Hernando scored one run in the first and one in the second to take an early 2-0 lead. That was a score until the fifth when Hernando scored three runs and then five more in the bottom of the sixth to reach the mercy rule limit. Julia Shaw got the win in the circle for the Lady Tigers, striking out six and only walking one. Meg Vincent, who came into the game with a .47 ERA, took the loss, giving up five earned runs and 12 hits. The Lady Tigers were led offensively by Jacqueline Carter, Emmy Musers, and Katie White, who had two hits each. DeSoto Central only had three hits as a team, with Brooklyn Farmer having the lone extra base hit. The next day, Matt, Saturday, they had the Lady Tigers made the short drive up Getwell to South Haven to, t- to play game two at DeSoto Central. Early on, it looked like it would be a long day at the softball field, with DeSoto Central taking a 4-1 lead after the first inning. Avery Taylor had an RBI fielder's choice to start the scoring, but the Lady Jags answered to the bottom of the inning inning on a two-RBI single by Reagan Dale, followed by two earned runs on an infield error. Hernando calmed down after that, however, and scored twice in the second and once in the third to tie the game. Hernando continued their streak of scoring in every inning when Jacqueline Carter came around to score in the fourth. In the fifth, Hernando got the insurance they needed with a two-run homer by Allie Callahan and Carter's RBI single. That score of 8-4 to four held, giving the Tigers the game, the 2-0 series victory, and their first trip to the softball state finals since 2010. Eister and Carter both had four hits in game two, and DeSoto Central was led at the plate by Dale, Savannah, Wilbanks, and Armstrong. Janice Shaw got the victory in the circle, giving up two earned runs, and Julia Shaw came in for the two-inning save, only allowing one hit. DeSoto Central had an outstanding year and finished the season 22-11. Hernando will now play Oak Grove in the state finals starting Thursday night in Hattiesburg at the USM Softball Stadium. That will basically be a home field advantage for Oak Grove, unfortunately, I guess, for the Tigers, whose high school is in Hattiesburg. Oak Grove comes in with a 23-5 and record. It should be a great 6A final. It should be, Derek. i, I got to tell you, man, the Hernando Lady Tigers – Couldn't be more proud of them. The official softball team of the UTW podcast. Uh, Just an honor to work with them. Uh, If you can hear my voice, I want you to pay attention to what I'm about to say. If you can hear my voice, the Hernando Softball Booster Club are raising funds at this time. They're raising funds. The girls are leaving tomorrow for Hattiesburg. They're raising funds to cover the meals for the trip. If you want some more information about that, email us underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. That's underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. Reach out to us. We can help put you in touch with the Hernando 
uh, softball booster club to help cover those costs. Again, under the water tower info at gmail.com. Reach out to us and we can certainly help with that. Look, Hernando, they need the, they're, they're raising the funds so the young ladies can go down there and focus on the softball games and have nice meals while they're there. So please consider giving to the Hernando softball booster club, just to say thank you for what these young ladies have done all season. Their, their record now is what? 32 and one, 32 and two, 32 and two, 32 and two, two losses on the season. 30-plus wins. Look, I can't say it enough. These young ladies are playing really good softball right now. The fact that they're going to Hattiesburg, going basically into O'Groh's backyard uh, with Hernando across her chest, something for all of us to be proud of. Man, I just can't wait. You know, uh, this game will be – the first game will be, I think it's like five or six. Yeah, they're going to have the, the 4A, 5A, and 6A are all going to be in Hattiesburg. Yeah, I think it's uh, either five or six. I don't I don't have the time written down. Either five or six on Thursday. So, we will have this on our Friday show. Sure, the, okay. You know, at this time, we kind of held everything to do it at one time. You know, if, if they especially if they win game one, we're going to talk about it on Friday. And then go from there. Uh, we'll just have to wait, unfortunately, for our Tuesday show. <laughs> sure. Find out if they can they can wrap up the state championship, and we'll celebrate them hopefully next Tuesday. Look, so many of us, uh, you know, you and I played in the playoffs in baseball and football, different sports. But man, to have the opportunity to go for a state title, good luck to Coach Whitten and his and, and the girls, the seniors that have worked so hard. Had an opportunity to visit with them yesterday as, as we took a picture for a donation that uh, that, that we made. Good luck to you, young ladies. Uh, couldn't be more proud. All right, now turning to the other softball team still in action for this year, uh, the North Point uh, Lady Trojans. They uh, are part of the West Regional Tournament. They're in the West Regional Tournament, a little different than the way Mississippi does it. And they're coming off their first victory in the West Regional Tournament that we talked about on Tuesday. The Lady Trojans fell in, the game, in their second game to Jackson Christian 5-1. to one. Meredith Anthony had two hits and the lone RBI for North Point, and Olivia Howell had a triple. This put the Lady Trojans in the loser's bracket and needing a win to continue their season. Now, as we've discussed before, the top four teams in each regional make sub-state, and a second win would basically guarantee them you know, the top, top four seed. They got that win, beating Fayette Academy 14-7. North Point jumped out to a 1-0 lead before giving up five runs in the second to go down 5-1. They answered in the second with 12 runs of their own and never looked back for the victory. That put them into a definite sub-state playoff berth and continued their march in the regional tournament where they played Trinity Christian last night and won in walk-off fashion 3-2 in the, la- in the seventh inning. So, again, congratulations to the North Point Trojans. Won the game late last night, 3-2. Uh, Matt, it was well after 9 o'clock our time when it happened uh, and just a, a great win. So, that moves them on. So, they're still actually in the West Regional Tournament fighting for hopefully a you know, top-two seed maybe uh, to advance to sub-state. So they're in the tournament, and again, now they're just playing for seeding in the sub-state. Now, sub-state take place, place where? Do you know? Uh, it's going to be home and away based okay. on uh, so their still seeding. Doing home and away. Okay. So if you're a top two seed, you've got a home game. If you're three or four, you'll be away. Is it two out of the best two out of three series or a single game? You don't know? That i got to find out. Okay. Because uh, it's, it's basically there's three, there's three, and this is for all sports. There's three uh, regions, west, central, and east. And so there'll be top. So there'll be twelve teams. It's a twelve-team tournament after basically after the uh, the regional tournaments. Gotcha. So they'll be one of the twelve seeds, and so there'll be a hopefully a two or one seed playing a three or four seed from either the central or from the east. Understood. Okay. Good luck to the Lady Trojans for sure. Congratulations on a big win last night. All right. Now turn into baseball with those being our only two softball teams left. First, we're starting in Lewisburg. Lewisburg versus Startville. Startville traveled to the Berg on Thursday night after beating Hernando in the first round of the playoffs with a pair of one-run games. That trend would continue as the underdog Yellow Jackets pitcher Banks Perry threw a complete game, scattering six hits and striking out five and walking one in a 2-1 victory over the Patriots. Brady Tigert went the distance for the Patriots and had a better stat line, five hits, eight strikeouts, and no walks in all places but the one that matters. All the scoring was done in the fourth inning when Startville with Startville taking a 2-0 lead before Lewisburg came back with one run in the bottom of the inning, with Carroll scoring the lone run. Lewisburg then had to travel to Startville on Friday night to try and get a win to extend the series, but were denied the opportunity, losing 3-2 to lose the series 2-0. Startville scored two runs in the first and one in the second, and that is all the runs that they would need. Lewisburg scored one in the fourth and the second run in the seventh with men on base, but couldn't get the tying run across. Braden Sanders, Ole Miss signee, absorbed the loss for the Patriots, pitching three innings and allowing the three runs. Josh Pack came in and did not give up a run in the last three innings, but the damage had been done. Starville will move on to round three, having won all four games they have played by one run over DeSoto County teams. That is extremely impressive, the fact that 
four straight wins, all by one run. It just shows you right there that those guys, they don't mind being right in the mix of it and, and don't let the jitters get to them. No, man, def- you know, the toughest thing to do is to continuously win one That's what I'm saying. One more, I mean, that's, the, you know, where's a blowout there? And they didn't have it. Continue to, I mean, that's just tough as nails right there. So that leaves us with the, uh, the other 6A school still in the playoffs, DeSoto Central. DeSoto Central versus Germantown in the second round. DeSoto Central was the lower seed, so they had to travel to Madison on Thursday night for game one of round two. Germantown had a 23-3 record coming into the matchup and left game one 23-4. DeSoto Central jumped out to a 7-1 lead by the fourth inning, but the Mavericks scored five in the bottom of the fourth to draw within seven to six. The Mavericks scored two more in the bottom of the fifth to take an 8-7 lead. Then the Jaguars drew even in the top of the sixth. This led to the seventh inning where D.C. broke the game open with four runs in the top of the final frame and then held off a Maverick rally who scored uh, a run, one run in the bottom of the seventh and left men on base. Will Norris got the win in relief and Brady Lofton got the save. The offense was led by Christian Sprawling, who had a two-run homer in the seventh that, that opened it up. Game two was Friday in South Haven, and Brady Lofton was back on the mound on a short rest after his save. That short, that short rest did not bother him at all. He threw a three-hit shutout and struck out 12, and the offense put up five runs to give the Jags a 5-0 victory and the 2-0 series win. DeSoto Central scored a run in the first three innings and then two runs in the sixth, helped by five Maverick errors. Josh King had two RBIs, and Christian Sprawling picked up two hits in the victory. DeSoto Central will now face Tupelo in the third round. So we now have one 6A DeSoto County team left in baseball and one in softball. Well, Derek, probably the last 6A team or one of the last 6A teams you thought might be moving into the third round, D.C. D.C. struggled. D.C. struggled to get, you know, wrapping up the season and stuff like that, but they seem to be putting it together right now. So good luck to the D.C. Jags uh, as they carry the 6A baseball mantle uh, with them to Tupelo. All right, Matt, the last baseball team that is still in the playoffs, uh, this is the North Point Trojans, of course, again, up in Tennessee uh, in the West Regional Tournament that's currently going on. The Trojans started the regional tournament with a 12-2 win over Fayette Academy. Jack Staples got that win, giving up two runs on five hits. Hudson Brown led the Trojan offense with three triples. That's right, three triples. Three triples. And two RBIs. And Anthony Zarlingo, James Smith, Connor McNatt, and Jackson Thomason all had doubles. So that was the first game they won again, 12-2. In the second game, the Trojans lost 1-0 to TRA. James Smith pitched five innings and took the loss while only giving up two hits. Noah Rowland was better for TRA, giving up only one hit, a double by Zarlingo, and striking out 13 Trojan batters. This left the Trojans needing to win the next game, just like the softball team, to guarantee a top-four seed and advance to sub-state after the regional tournament ends. They got that win easily over FACS with an 11-1 mercy rule victory in five innings. Hudson Brown and Owen Staples had doubles for the Trojans, and Garrett Waller got the win, allowing one run on three hits, striking out five, and walking one. This win advanced them in the loser's bracket to a game last night where they played ECS and won three to nothing. Jack Staples, again, got the win on the mound for the uh, Trojans, and who were led at the plate uh, by Anthony Arzarlingo, who went two for three. They are now advancing on. They will play tonight again uh, in the regional tournament, again fighting for City Matt, as you said, to, do, to get the best seating possible uh, when they go to sub-state. Well, Derek, some really good baseball has been played the, all year long, softball and baseball. The fact that we have multiple DeSoto County teams still uh, alive, still battling for uh, some state titles is pretty good. Good luck to the Trojans as they can, they put together pushing 30 wins. So, heck of a good, uh, you know, sitting down with Coach Kirkpatrick last week was, was a joy. We had some good uh, responses and emails uh, regarding that. People that thoroughly enjoyed that uh, reached out to us on Facebook. So, Coach Kirkpatrick, we definitely uh, wish you guys the best of luck uh, in Trojan baseball coming up for the playoffs. Well, look, if you enjoy what you hear each and every week, the discussions about young people, the discussions about signings and scholarships and stuff like that, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. If you enjoy what you hear, please share our show. Share it with friends, family, different people at the office. Share our show. Let them know what we're doing here at the UTW Podcast when it comes to positive news right here under the water tower. 
Thank you again to Gia Matheny and Rachel Cook for discussing the A-Fair coming up, the 47th annual A-Fair this weekend in Hernando. But before you go to the A-Fair on Saturday afternoon, Rooster Production, mine and Derek's production company, will be hosting, alongside Mississippi Music, we will be hosting a singer-songwriter event at the Panola Street Courtyard Friday night, 8 o'clock, the weather, I don't know if you've looked at the weather, it's probably going to be in the 60s, not a cloud in the sky. Please consider coming out, support the arts. A portion of the proceeds will go to the DeSoto Arts Council. Again, that's the DeSoto Arts Council that seems to be doing something every single weekend. If you want to support them, want to take your wife to a nice event, please consider coming out to the Water Tower Sessions. That's going to be the inaugural Water Tower Sessions. Keith Peluso, who has been a contestant on The Voice, and also Jeremy Stanfield who has been a contestant on The Voice, will be sharing the stage with Hernando's own Stephen Michael. We're going to work through uh, different stories, talk about different songs they've written. It's just going to be an amazing, wonderful night. BYOB event. If you're interested, please look up MissahippiMusic.com. That's MissahippiMusic.com. Or look on our Facebook page for the link to buy tickets. Only 200 tickets will be sold. It will be an amazing event this coming Friday. Beautiful weather before the A-Fair. So please consider coming out. Lastly, encourage you to listen to OB Pod. The OB Pod stands for Olive Branch. The OB Pod is going to be anywhere you hear our voice, anywhere you listen to the UTW podcast, you can find OB Pod covering the eastern side of DeSoto County, specializing in Olive Branch. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty little girl, same grade as me.